Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Serious thingy before they played the Cavs? Yeah, it hit Schroeder. Yeah, and, and he didn't get anything for yeah. that. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast. Featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Cavs, the podcast. Or is are you I'm sure? It, are we, this no, isn't going to be Biombo the podcast. Biombo the podcast, because you know what? I may have a, uh, I, I may have a Biombo. Um, <laughs> <Biombo. Biombo erection. laughs> That's such a, a great comment. <laughs> <laughs> that was from who was that from? The other Jason. That the other that? Jason. He said I may have a Beyond boner, but. At this point, it's been a couple days, and I think I have a uh, beyond priapism. You have to call your doctor. <laughs> I got to call my doctor. Or as they do in the Saturday Night Live, call your friends and brag. It lasts over four hours. <laughs> yes, it has lasted over four hours. So, Biombo with his 27 rebounds the other night. Oh, man. Um, in what four blocks? I think something yeah. like that. You know, who's not having a beyond boner tonight is Stephen Adams. Oh yeah, he got. How is that not a flagrant two? Because it's Draymond Green. That's yeah, why Draymond Green just hauls off and just donkey kicks. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seat. Stephen Adams the in the jimmies in the <laughs> and yeah. And the, result of the, the, one. the result of the play is both guys get two shots, two free throws. That's yeah. it. It was it was insane. It, it was insane. And it's just because it's Draymond. I, I don't get like what is it, Nate? I mean, what is it? Is I, he, I don't get it. Does he know where all the bodies are buried? Or must. I mean, I mean, seriously, what is it? Does Tom Izzo have some kind of special powers that never worked for Shannon Brown for some reason? I, I really, what is it? Because I, I I've never seen game, a guy. He was running down the floor just taunting guys right in their face like any other player in the league would get a taunting foul. Yeah, and it's not like something that we have discovered. Like, this is something no. I've seen national media people question the same thing. Like, I have no idea how Draymond gets away with what he does. I mean, he'll he'll chase after a ref and be, like, barking at the top of his lungs, and the ref's just kind of, like, just kind of walk away. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Normally, when you're that demonstrative like that, that is, like, an immediate yeah. technical. I think a lot of it may be coming from Adam Silver. Uh, I but but heard, why? I mean, I'm trying to feel like, well, it's what is a it about? setting team. They don't want to mess with the record. 
They want this team to keep playing. I've seen a lot of basically all the officiating I've seen in the playoffs so far has been do whatever we can to keep the stars on the floor. So if a guy normally would get a flake. Raymond really is he really the ticket in Golden State though? Well, I mean, is he? I, I, mean, I, I agree, like he's a star, but goes, is he the is he the guy that puts butts in the seats? I mean, I think that's Steph Curry. Well, I think the whole narrative of the Warriors is as Draymond goes, so go the Warriors. So I don't know. I, I don't believe in the conspiracy. I'm just I'm just wondering if, in all honesty, and, and if just, Draymond's like a really nice guy, and the refs all actually like him personally or something. Because based on his behavior it. in games, it, there's like no reason. He shouldn't have been thrown out of more games or just yeah, get more well, technicals. There and then the other part of that. Um, so what I was talking about is it's not just Draymond. I've seen the NBA bend over backwards to keep guys from getting suspended this off season. Well, yeah, there was like, the whole uh, Jeff Teague shoving LeBron. That should have that was Draymond a, Green forearm shiver to the head. Yeah, and then was it was did didn't. Uh, was it Isaiah Thomas gave an elbow to um, someone in that Hawks series, didn't he? Before they played the Cavs? Yeah, it hit Schroeder. Yeah, and, and he didn't get anything for yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, the NBA's really swallowed their whistles all season. Um, we'll see what happens. Well, they didn't, uh, they didn't spare Dante Jones. <laughs> no, and that's kind of like, oh, we're going to make an example out of Dante. Uh, you know, kickball jones yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah the Cavs will be without the services of dante jones on monday uh, it's gonna hurt it it <laughs> it is so uh yeah the Cavs got their butts kicked uh by the did. and they held the raptors to like five minutes without scoring a point and they still couldn't yeah win the game which just yeah that was a bad game yeah and then tonight, the Thunder whooped up on the Warriors. Ooh, baby, yeah. They were up by almost 40 at one point, ended up winning by 28. But, but yeah, yeah. I – and we, – Deion Waiters, max contract. I'm telling you, Deion Waiters is going to make more money than Kyrie next year. <laughs> I think that's yeah, crazy. I mean, it could happen. It, it, it is happen. crazy, but – It could happen, but – Does Deion or Delhi get more? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, I think Dion, Dion will get more, yeah. Dion will get more. I mean, he's, Dion is he's making shots. I mean, he's a the thing about Dion that's interesting is he's actually played pretty good individual defense depending on who he's been matched up with. Um, he even hasn't gotten killed when he has checked Draymond Green and the you know the Warriors' eyes get all big and they, oh, my God, we've got to go to Green in the post. Waiters has got a low center of gravity, and he's a pretty beefy guy. I mean, he yeah. came out of college – at like 220 or something and he doesn't look like he's lost any weight so he hasn't been a bad iso defender in the playoffs and I mean he's hitting shots and when you got Westbrook and Durant on your team and Ibaka to a lesser extent if you just got another guy that they have to respect a little bit and he's getting a lot of open looks but yeah good for him I mean but I, he's also running the <laughs> he's also the backup yeah he's actually not a bad yeah he's not bad at driving and kicking out um, he's had some nice uh, nice dishes dumps off when he's you know when he gets the defense to collapse and, and that really ugly 
um, mid-range shot of his is surprisingly effective. Like it was, but two he years doesn't ago. overshoot it either. Like he either is getting to the rim or he's catch and shoot from three. Yeah, a lot more. I mean, he doesn't just like come in and do the Mo Williams. I'm gonna jack up a shot within <laughs> ten seconds of being on the floor. Yeah, which we saw. But getting back to the Cavs, um, so the Cavs lost. What was the final score? Something to eighty-four, like yeah. ninety-nine. Ninety-nine to eighty-four, and really they were within striking distance. I want to say till like the last. Two minutes, two three minutes, but they could kind of never get over the hump. And I don't know if I'd say striking distance. They they cut it to well, they cut it to five, five in the third, third quarter. quarter. Yeah, but and then, then they had cut it, it to could... eight at points in the fourth quarter. But and then one of the problems... scored like six unanswered of all people. Yeah, and that that kind of broke their back. And so Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love had two of the worst games that I've ever seen. Kyrie Irving had one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Three for 19, uh, three turnovers. Uh, one No assists or just one assist? Or? Uh, one assist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 13 points in 38 minutes. Um, Bad defense. Not good defense. Uh, Kyle Lowry and Corey Joseph combined to score... Yeah, Corey points. Joseph had a nice game. Off yeah, the bench. they combined for 34 points. Um, you know, Kyrie was not good, and I, I said in the live thread, and uh, when they put Kyrie back in, I was like, well, Lou is conceding because Kyrie, the way he's playing, is not going to – it ain't going to happen. So, yeah, well, I don't think Lou thinks that way. I think he – No, he has his guys. He wants to ride them. Yeah, well, and he's done that this all playoffs where Kyrie's like the minute leader – even though the lineups with the bench with LeBron and Deli and Richard Jefferson, you know, the second quarter lineups have been the superior lineups. I'm not disagreeing with what he's doing. I'm just saying he is not in a hurry to make adjustments when he feels like, you know, the starters aren't getting it done. Now that said, he did pull Tristan and Kevin Love for most of the second half in favor of Channing Cry. So that's, I guess, a counterexample to what I just said, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm watching that game, and early in the third quarter, LeBron's starting to get kind of angry. You know, you're getting angry at LeBron, which is a LeBron that's going to go balls to the wall, at least until he gets too frustrated to continue. And I'm, watching, to make and I'm watching Kyrie and Kevin Love just kind of sabotage what the Cavs are doing at both ends. And just thinking, like, okay, if, this, if I was coaching, this is where you got to recognize LeBron is in takeover mode. He's facing up again. And he has no willingness to share the ball. So let's put a defensive-minded team around him right now mm-hmm. and try to grab some boards, keep Biombo off the boards, set some hard picks. And he didn't. He just left the starters out there for most of the third quarter. And Yeah, and then that, yeah. as Ben wrote in his recap, that beginning of the fourth quarter lineup with uh, Kyrie Irving and... JR and Delhi and Channing Fry and can't remember who the fifth guy was. Um, was and Thompson uh, was an abject disaster. Yeah. Uh, and as Ben said, they only gave up one bucket, but it was only it was mainly because the Ross the Raptors were missing. Yeah. So uh, and the big debate 
and I, I've got into it with a couple people today, is whether it was the Cavs just missed shots and Kyrie and Kevin had a bad shooting night, or was it indicative of bigger problems? Now, of course, you yeah. know my opinion that, well, it, basically I said you should never go three for 19. <laughs> like if if you have gone three for twelve, at that it's point time to hang it up. it's time to say, hey, um, I need to get the ball to my teammates because it's not my night shooting, right. <laughs> you know. And he did get a couple of his shots blocked by Diombo, but yes. he was going one on three. He was dribbling the snot out of the ball, yeah, going up for these wild circus shots. And meanwhile, and. If that's what's going on when your team is not uh, spacing the floor and nobody's open, you live with that. But guys were wide open, and he was. No, the Cavs were getting open looks. They weren't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Raptors played very good defense, especially compared to what they had been doing. Mm-hmm. But the Cavs right now, when they got LeBron, some semblance of um, shot makers like Jr. and Kyrie, and then some of the you know the big guys that can all hit threes. They get open looks. I mean, right. they, they don't have a problem. And, you know, a lot of it was they were missing. I mean, Kevin loved taking shots over people that he makes them half the time. You know, he wasn't even close. Kyrie was just out of rhythm, period. And once he started missing shots, he started getting kind of hesitant. And so it's, it's interesting to me. You say, like, well, is this, a, is this indicative of a larger problem? I don't know. I just worry that the Cavs have – to a man, have bad habits that yeah. they get and, into. And you had talked about those bad, bad habits kind of started creeping up at the end of game two. Yes, yes. Um, so and talk with, more about that, Tom. Well, okay. I mean, with, with uh, like LeBron, LeBron's bad habits are he doesn't trust anyone else to handle the ball um, and to get the team into the offensive sets. And there's reasons for that, but the problem is LeBron has no outside jump shot anymore. No. So when he has the ball at the top of the key and he's facing up against whoever, they're just not worried about him stepping into a three. So they everyone sags off. Um, you know, you the defending team identifies the you know the really good shooters on the court, kind of stays home a little bit, and then three or four guys collapse on LeBron, and LeBron just doesn't have that transcendent athleticism anymore that he can be like. Oh, you're Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett. I don't care. I have no regard for human life. He doesn't have that anymore. So LeBron off the ball, which we've seen a lot in these playoffs, is devastating. Right. LeBron, the old, you know, 2004 through 2012 LeBron that faces up and has a, you know, crazy first step and can kind of get to the rack whenever he wants to, and could hit an outside shot now from now, you know, now yeah. again. Well, the first part that of that LeBron exist. still exists. It's the outside shot where he has a counter to that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is the whole reason, you know, I think Kyrie can't go 3-19 because on nine non-threes, LeBron was 9 of 12. Right. You know? And so his bad habits then are not to be disciplined and try being the role man in the pick and roll a couple of times. It's he gets kind of, I I guess he gets impatient and he thinks he's got to do it all. And he just reverts back to drive and kick to whoever is playing the Daniel Marshall role in the corner. And the problem is it's just, 
don't know. That that puts a lot of pressure. It, everything slows down. The rhythm is kind of gone. And then, I mean, it works sometimes, but you got to rely on those guys to hit those shots. And last night, J.R. Smith was hitting those shots, and no one else was. I guess Channing Fry was a little bit, too. But yeah, Channing Fry was three for four. But the threes that they get with the hockey assists where uh, LeBron's in space and he can play that, like, option quarterback role where he catches it in space and he can decide, am I going to, like, put a spin move on my guy and score? Am I going to get fouled? Yeah. Am I going to fake to the corner, get everyone to... Um, you know, shift their weight that way and then dump off to the guy down low. And he's just got so many options and he's just the perfect player to be in that situation because he's like Jason Kidd, only he's a lot bigger and he can finish. Yeah. So he can see over people. Yeah. Um, the, the other part of what was going on with the Cavs was, you know, we've talked about how Delhi and LeBron play so well together, but you also had a gimpy Delhi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Game time decision with Yankel, 0 for 4. Even though he had two shots that just basically rimmed out. Yeah, that one lamp. I don't know how that didn't go down. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, but I feel like Lou has a shorter leash with him. Yeah, seems to. Uh, than, than Blatt did. And and you and I talked about pregame a little bit. You know, the Cavs' best lineup in the regular season is basically the starters minus Kyrie plus Delhi. Right. And we've barely seen that lineup. Hardly at all, yeah. yeah. And and Delia and Tristan obviously had some really nice chemistry on the pick and roll. And that, I mean, we don't see it at all. That was a, a very viable weapon um, last playoffs in this regular season. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's MIA. Yeah. And- uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was gimpy. Who knows what his – I mean, maybe he just didn't have it yesterday. He did look a little slower on defense. Um like I said, I think it's just kind of a perfect storm. I mean, I I think uh, part of the part of the problems with um, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving is that they seem to, especially Kyrie, seems more motivated on the defensive end when he's oohing and eyeing on the offensive end, and he seems to get kind of down on himself, or I don't know. Um, do you ever notice he never gets mad? Like he kind of sulks. You know, when, yeah, he's he feel, when he feels like he gets fathered, I mean, he doesn't get mad, he kind of sulks. And when he's 3 of 19 or whatever he is at that point in the game, you know, he kind of puts his head down, kind of walks away, um, you know. And I think that affects him at the defensive end. I don't think the fire is there as much. So, anyway, David, I almost forgot you're on this podcast because I <laughs> won't shut up. So, <laughs> I mean, what do you think about uh, the Cavs' bad habits? I mean, the biggest thing, and I'll like preface this, I didn't watch the whole game. I saw the first half. Uh, but I kind of just noticed they were a little slow on the rotations, and a lot of the stuff we snuffed out with Kyle Lowry getting to the hoop wasn't there. So he had a little bit more freedom to get to the hoop, and then DeRozan was kind of going off, which <clears throat> with him it's kind of like I'll give him the mid-range shot all day. If he hits it, he hits it. Like, yeah, but was he just, was hitting it. Yeah, and that, and the Cavs didn't adjust. See, I I don't have a problem with that. Like, see, I think the adjustment is just put LeBron on him and then put Jr. on uh, what on the Predator. So I haven't seen LeBron fight through a screen in a long time. That's like LeBron's new way of conserving energy on defense is he will not fight through a screen. He just. If he gets screened, he okay. You take him then, and he takes the other guy because yeah. he can he can guard anyone. 
Right. So he he isn't in the mismatch, but it does create some um, tough situations for his right. teammates. Right, and, at and times. they talked. We talked about a lot in the regular season. The Cavs are way too happy to switch when they don't need to at times. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just a a, a simple step over on a screen, uh, they're they're just giving the other team the mismatch they want. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as, well, why isn't LeBron just checking DeRozan? Well, he was, and then they'd set him a screen, and LeBron would be like, all right, JR, he's yours now. (laughs) And then sometimes after that switch, LeBron would then double, and that's really where the wheels came off in the fourth when Biombo scored six straight points. It was because they overreacted to DeRozan, and there were a couple times... I mean, I watched the replay to see if my eyes were deceiving me. The Cavs are actually triple teaming DeRozan. And it's like, look, I know Biombo's not the best offensive player, but, I mean, come on. If you if you don't have anyone even in the yeah, vicinity. Yeah, he is a he, decent role man. Well, he wasn't even rolling. He was just yeah. near the hoop, and there was no one else there. And, right. You know, I mean, the one time he rolled and he caught that nice alley-oop pass from Lowry, but I think the next two times... It was not that complicated. It was like, well, if you're going to put three guys on DeRozan, he's just going to, like, flick it over his head to Biombo. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's funny because the book on DeRozan is he doesn't do that, but the Cavs made it just so easy. Uh, But I – so you don't think putting LeBron on uh, DeRozan is the adjustment? Not like it. David. Let just let DeRozan go. Like, would you rather have DeRozan? Like, if DeRozan's scoring thirty points, he's not passing, and like that's the issue. If you if you switch your game plan for DeRozan and then the defense starts rotating, that's when that's kind of when Toronto can maybe get something going. Like DeRozan passes out. The guys on Toronto aren't amazing passers, but if DeRozan gets the ball out to the perimeter, like they can make the right pass to get an easy shot. Yeah, and it's not like the Cavs lost the game at the defensive end. I mean, they scored 80 points, right? That's why they lost. So I agree with you, David. I mean, if DeRozan gets 30, he gets 30. But the problem is he was getting 30, and the Cavs, you know, barely broke 80. So, I mean, it does become a problem then when you're basically in a possession game because you can't get any kind of offensive rhythm, and none of you guys are hitting shots. Um, so down the stretch, I mean, they were they were nipping at the heels, and I guess they just decided, all right, well, the only guy scoring is DeRozan, so we'll shut him down. And that's right when the Biombo 6-0 run happened. Well, and the other part of Biombo with throwing all the double teams at DeRozan is that was part of Biombo's eight offensive rebounds. You yeah, know? and just the Cavs, I mean, the Cavs just, like I said, they just, um, the, I mean, the Thunder or the uh, Raptors had a lot of energy last night. Yeah. They were physical. The Cavs did not, outside of LeBron and, and maybe TT, who was getting into some scuffles, they didn't really seem interested in in getting physical and, and, and kind of scrapping, yeah. And I'm a little, an, I wouldn't say annoyed, but kind of looking at people quizzically when they talk about how Tristan Thompson didn't show up that game because he did only play 25 minutes. And yeah. uh, Lou seemed content to roll with... Uh, Channing Fry for a while, who, while he could score, still was minus 13, second worst on the team behind Kyrie, only had three rebounds in 21 minutes, and Tristan Thompson, only player on the team 
without a he was zero in plus minus, so he was the only one on the team without a negative plus minus mm-hmm. that game. So part of me thinks you know it, it probably wasn't Tristan. Probably what we should have seen is more Tristan and more you know involving him in the pick and roll. And the other thing that needed to happen is the ball needs to move a couple more times on the drive because Biombo is just totally selling out to block shots. Yeah. Um, and, and some pump fakes, you know. Get get in the teeth of the defense and, and throw up a pump fake and, and get Biombo in the air and then take his legs out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Cavs just looked slower, weaker. Yeah. Just to yeah. a man, I, you know, they didn't uh, well, have and any... especially Irving and, and Kevin Love. Yeah, oh, yeah, especially, yeah. And mentally, like that, that fatigue seemed as much mental as it did physical. Yeah, and they and they settled. I mean, again, LeBron got real frustrated, and then eventually, he just settled for deep jumpers, and um, you know, no one really stepped. I mean, Jr. had some hit some shots, but other than him and Channing Frye had a couple shots, no one, you know, no one really stepped up. Yeah, and I really liked uh, the. I love the ten game win streak, uh, but it's over, and in some ways, it's like yeah. There's no more. Pressure. I think we're re- maybe overreacting a little bit just because you know we. Well, it's just one game. I mean, I think yeah. the. I think the way people really. I don't think we're overreacting. I think everyone overreacted to the first two wins against Toronto. And yeah. just decided Toronto was a terrible team. A- Toronto is the Cavs. A, I think the Cavs yeah. wrote them off too. You know, and I think um, you know going into the playoffs, people weren't lining up to say, "Oh, Indiana's trash. Oh, Charlotte's trash. Atlanta, they're terrible. You know, Miami, they're terrible." I mean, everyone was like, "Miami, they could beat the Cavs." And oh man, Toronto, they <laughs> were in fifty-six one of the games. Best defensive teams in the league. And then all those teams, you know, got into these dogfight defensive battles that was just not that aesthetically pleasing, and everyone decided they must all just suck. Yeah. Which is like, okay, but you know, you weren't saying that before the playoffs started. Yeah. So yeah, that I thought that was. And- I will a million times say that Indiana is a much better team than Houston was in the West. I mean, I mean, Indiana's, I think, one of the better seven seats we've seen in a while. Well, yeah, I mean. And especially considering we all talked about how Detroit was one of the better eight seats we'd seen in a while. Yeah, they were. So, yeah, it was it. I, I do think people looked past Toronto a little bit, but I also think Toronto kind of has a Jekyll and Hyde personality. They play a lot better at home. Oh yeah, they do for sure. Because you know we we are the North. Did you hear Richard Jefferson today? Yeah, we the South are going to be all South right. South are going to be all right. <laughs> and I think yeah. the Cavs will be all right. Hopefully, uh, I don't want to call for a five game win in five, whatever. But I want to say, and I made the statement today. I really feel like the next game is a must win for the Cavs. Because I don't know if it is. Well, here's not for this series, but for the finals. I feel like the Cavs to get a good advantage over whoever comes out of the West needs to end their. The Cavs need to end their series as quickly as possible. Yeah. Because that one out West is going at least six. It looks like, and possibly seven. I mean, I I don't see any way those teams just don't keep trading haymakers. For the yeah, for the I feel like you're right. I think everyone's now going to get all back on the OKC bandwagon. 
And every time anyone starts to doubt the Warriors, they just rain hellfire on everyone. I think yeah. that'll, I think game four they'll win by like thirty, and it'll be a you know it could be a seven. I, I, I think game four is going to be a much closer game. I I really like this Thunder team. I, I you know I don't know what it is about them, but I feel like they're just making shots. I, I don't I don't necessarily feel like. I mean, defensively, they've been pretty good. I give you that. And I really like what Durant's been doing defensively. Um, Durant really bothers Curry with those long arms. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think obviously their length in general is very effective, but I've seen a lot more Durant on Curry than I expected I would see. And, uh, you know, maybe Curry's also just hurt, but he seems pretty gun-shy right now. Yeah. Yeah, he was 3 of 11 from 3 that game. Yeah. But the other, but I mean, yeah, they're making shots, but it wasn't like they shot the lights out from 3. Uh, they were beating them up inside, uh, 8 of 25 from 3, so it's not like world beaters. But the other thing, 33 of 37 from the line is uh, pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, and I also feel like they have... I feel like Steven Adams is quietly become one of the better defensively yeah. in the league. Yeah, he's been great. And they have a the perfect modern NBA power forward in Serge Ibaka, a guy yeah, who's hitting threes and who's a four on four or five on defense and can be a spot up shooter. He had some nice he had some nice blocks tonight. Yeah, he did. He's he's a very good defensive player. So I feel like when that team is playing at their best, they're very difficult to score on, and they have a nice seven-man unit uh, with Waiters and and his Cantor and Randy Foy got a lot of time tonight. I don't think Randy Foy's that great, but yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I didn't think any of those guys were that great. Like Waiters, I mean, well, most of Randy, he was a weak yeah. point, but Waiters has been outstanding. Waiters has been outstanding. Uh, I feel like Waiter Dion's really figured it out. I don't know if he has or not. He might just well, be going through a hot streak. But he's not making – he's not doing stupid things on the court. That's I'm just I, saying I'm it's a – make smart plays, make good passes. I it's feel a like pretty short sample size is all I'm saying. I mean, we've seen a lot of Dion. It's not like Dion's a rookie, you know? Well, I'm, I've seen him in the last, I don't know, 10 games or so. He's looked fantastic. So. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying now that – oh, let's give Dion a max. It's kind of like – yeah, but no, you know, I, well, I agree with you there, but I also feel like has he figured it out, or is he just having a nice stretch of games? I don't know. If you have a nice stretch of games in the playoffs, that yeah, you get paid. I, I you agree, paid. you're going to get paid. <laughs> I mean, Robert Ory was a very mediocre regular season player, but yeah, that guy is one of the true. great playoff gamers of all time. So yeah, he hit a lot of big, big shot, Bob. Yeah. So, I mean, there are these guys throughout NBA history that just, for whatever reason, you know, Boris Diaw, much better players in the playoffs than in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe Dion's one of those guys. And those guys for a very good team like the Thunder that are going to be there, those guys are very valuable. You know, it's Derek, so hard for me to believe that Deion Waiters is a better, <laughs> the better playoff you player. You escaped from Deion Waiters Island, and you don't want to go back. <laughs> no, I don't. Deion's always been like better. We've got to go back to the island, Tom. 
Sorry, if you're a Lost fan, you, you get that. If you don't, if you're not, you don't get that. You know, I never really watched Lost. <laughs> was that uh, was that the same? J- was that J.J. Abrams that did Lost? He, he did. Okay. Anyway, sorry, what were you saying, David? Like, Dion Waiters has always been better when he kind of plays slower. It's like, that was the thing with the Cavs when we all thought he might be better than Kyrie when he was running <laughs> the offense. He was like... It was just like he was actually slowing down and using his abilities to get in the lane and make good decisions. It's like when Dion decides he wants to play fast that he just he starts taking mid like mid range twos and then diving for the ball every time on defense, <laughs> like trying to get the ultimate steal. The ultimate steal. The ultimate steal. That's how you become the ruler of Dion Waiters Island. <laughs> you you own the ultimate steal. <laughs> you steal that ball. <laughs> also, like OKC with having Adams, Adams kind of makes the Warriors have to play him honestly. Like they can't run the small ball unit as much. Or yeah. well, they Dude. tried. I mean, they tried in Game One, and it didn't. It was pretty ineffective. You're right. Yeah. Adams Part is of like it is Adams player. is just good enough as a switcher. Yeah, he is so not fast. A totally, total liability. No, Adams is honestly like prime Anderson Varejao. That's what yeah. he reminds me of. He can, yeah, I can d- see that. only but he's only. Yeah, he's stronger and he can defend the rim better. Whereas Varejao was looks like he's been in a weight room. Whereas Prime Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of dope. Yeah, Varejao would protect the paint, quote unquote, by taking charges. Adams blocks shots. You Adams blocks shots, and he's not a guy you want to take a foul from either. No, and he is so fast; he can close out. Um, yeah, he's he a always, nice. He's a nice player for sure. Yeah, and he always seems to take really good angles on closeouts and. Always yeah. on balance. And speaking of on balance, the difference between the defense from Kevin Love in Game 2 versus the defense from Kevin Love in Game 3 was just, I mean, it was astounding. Yeah, I mean, what did you see? I'm interested. What like? I just saw he wasn't boxing out at all. He was just taking really bad angles on closeouts or not closing out at all. Uh getting caught on switches that and and guys were and, and just not even competing i mean it just didn't seem like i i felt like in a way he's a moper too you know what oh, i mean definitely he's definitely you know, a moper he, he's not some guys when they're getting their butts kicked just get mad like draymond yeah. green and lebron yeah. get mad. yeah draymond got real mad tonight it did not well, help lebron's them. got two modes he either gets mad or he just gets disgusted and stops playing yeah or just throws up stupid shots but yeah draymond green is just angry yep yeah he starts nut kicking people yep. <laughs> he starts nut kicking people. love just gets like a step behind when he's not on yeah it's like every single thing you're like you need to be doing that like four seconds ago and and he i think he kind of forces it a little bit offensively like he took a you know he was passing up the three in favor of kind of putting on the deck shifting to the side or taking a dribble but then he was, you know, sh- short rimming everything. It just didn't look comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the biz bothered him. And the other big thing that the bothered biz. Him, the biz <laughs> gave, him, gave him the biz. <laughs> gave him the biz. The other thing that bothered the Cavs was when uh, they kept switching Biombo onto LeBron in the post, which uh, LeBron tried to face him up and kind of took the Cavs out of their whole game plan. And yeah. the other part of that was you would figure. You know, one simple adjustment, you would figure that Tyron Lue at some point could come back with a counter to 
kind of take care of that. But it just seemed like everyone was mentally fatigued. And I did hear that they got caught in customs. Yeah, I heard that too, actually. Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe they got the glove treatment and they Yeah, were all, maybe they did, you know. That's totally possible. Maybe uh, we, the North, uh, was were less than hospitable when they crossed the border. So, And you were talking a little bit, David, about uh, LeBron assist mode. Yeah, uh, well, so LeBron kind of at times being content to just be a distributor. The the thing with LeBron, like how you guys were talking about, he can't really take his guy off the dribble. But when LeBron's actually cutting and stuff, and he has that kind of running start, like he takes anyone. But if he if he catches the ball running, he's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah, and that, yeah. And that's how he's been so devastating. Like they're coming down in transition, and LeBron's just diving to the rim right away and finding like another guy cutting or hitting the three point shooter. But it's funny how, like, earlier before the podcast, you were saying, like, he quit doing that in the second half. Yeah, he did. When the Cavs start to kind of get in, like, dangerous territory where they're not leading, like, all that goes out the window and he just wants to the ball again. And we just – we haven't really seen a lot of games where we had to worry about stuff like that. But that yeah. – so that is that is one concern I have. And it's, and it's that not – Sorry, go ahead. Well, it's not really a concern, you know um, – it's it's not something that I'm concerned about because it's been happening a lot in the playoffs. Obviously, it hasn't. It's just something that I worried about even going into the playoffs. You know, like and oh, then yeah. and then when I saw a lot less Delhi than I thought I would, it was it was it kind of amplified that. Like, okay, you know what what kind of habits are the Cavs going to be in? Are they going to be a team that when the going gets tough, they're gonna they're gonna try to recalibrate with ball movement and on the defensive end? Or are they just, you know, going to try to ride it out and just continue to outscore people? Yeah. And so I think, you know, those kind of answered that for me. But it's one game. I mean. Yeah. And I I think maybe that 10 game win streak kind of finally caught up with them. I don't want to make excuses for them. One of the big things that I saw, LeBron included, no one rolled to the basket in that game. And the Cavs were playing these lineups with, you know, a driver and four different shooters and they were letting the they were daring the driver to drive and hoping that they could cut off the angles for the pass or block his shot and no one was rolling no one was rolling yeah. the middle of the defense was just wide open uh and i mean you even saw richard jefferson in the early fourth get that kind of up and under layup just because there was nobody in the middle of the defense so yeah. when that's happening. That's the perfect time for LeBron to to roll. But even when he was playing with uh, Delhi in the first half, he was kind of doing that half roll where he wants to get into post position rather than you know a good hard roll to the basket. And you know Tristan wasn't rolling, uh, and, and I felt like the Cavs needed to make some adjustments. Maybe even adjust the rotations a little bit. Uh, I thought maybe a Mozgov sighting before the game was out of reach just to keep Biombo off the boards and see if Mozgov could give you anything. But, I mean, that's a big gamble, too. Right. Uh, do you, what, what adjustments do you think the Cavs could make going into game four, David? Or should they? Uh, At least off, give me an offensive adjustment and a defensive adjustment. I mean, the offensive adjustment's going to be if they start going to play the iso ball, you just got to bench them. 
like there's no way around it because that kind of sinks us and keeps us out of our offense. I just think I don't think the uh, Raptors were really like killing us that bad with their offense. It was just a matter of the Cavs being like a step behind. They just well the Cavs played. I mean the Cavs every playoff game basically have played to a draw seemingly in the first quarter. And then I feel like their second unit kind of sets the tempo defensively. And LeBron, you know, a lot of times gets a couple fast break dunks or something, and the Cavs kind of get going. Um, Mm -hmm. And their bench, I feel like, is pretty much always better than their opponent's bench thus far. And so they've made defensive adjustments. Again, I mean, Toronto did not score that much second, third, and fourth quarter. Um, Or at least I guess they scored a lot in the second quarter. But third and fourth quarter, the Cavs held them in check and the second third and fourth quarter in the first two games the Cavs did a great job on them so I think uh you know it's, it's hard to say like I, I guess the one thing I I noticed is just individually I thought Kyrie at the end of game two um you know was was more interested in putting people on vines than uh, making the extra pass and I think Ben brought that up in the uh in the preview um, so again, I mean, should you should you be taking nineteen shots when you're missing so many? No, you shouldn't. So I think right. that's that's one area where uh, the Cavs can definitely make an adjustment. They just they're more disciplined, and that's on the coaches too to get them refocused when things aren't going their way. But I don't know, lose lose mo is kind of like let guys play through their yeah their stuff. Yeah, I agree. So, um, my my adjustment, I guess, would be if, if Delhi doesn't have it to give you any more, um, perhaps bring in uh, when you need, you know, a defensive stopper. Perhaps dress McCray for a game, throw him out there for three minutes, see if he can be effective defensively, and yeah. and you know put the ball in LeBron's hands a little more offensively and run that game and and clearly only against second units unless you know McCray's really just killing it the other thing if Biombo is really killing you try some Mozgov but the other part of that yeah. is Mozgov I, is you know it's funny um, when we signed Mozgov I remember Bill Simmons had this real snarky tweet about if Mozgov is the answer. I don't want to know what the question was. <laughs> and Mozgov had a nice season, and I, I, you know, I retweeted yeah, that we, many we've times. Yeah, we talked about this. Several but times, this but... year, Mozgov has not been the answer to anything. <laughs> I know that is very true. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you throw, you try it out. But the other thing, I was really surprised we didn't see any Hakabiyombo, especially towards the end of yeah. the third quarter, uh, when, especially when the Raptors were in the bonus. And I thought, like, okay, we could disrupt the Cavs could disrupt their offense a little bit, but we never saw that. So I, I definitely like to see that option. Yeah, um, I, I like to see. Kyrie. I don't know. I mean, it, again, it wasn't the offense of the Raptors that killed the Cavs. It was the Cavs could not score. You well, know, here's why they killed the Cavs. They scored more points than the Cavs did. I know, but I'm just saying, you know, like, so, Hacka is two a great ways strategy. to solve that. Either you score more points, you keep the team from scoring more points, or you do some combination of the two. So both methods would be effective, Tom. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, was that pedantic enough for you? 
So, um, and one of the things I thought Kyrie, you know, way too much dribbling, way too much one-on-three. So we're going to play a game, and Tom and I have talked a little bit about Kyrie being the little Mamba and <laughs> how some Kyrie fans are like little Mamba fans and they're just kind of as irrational as Kobe fans are. Oh, man. That's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to do a little game called it's going to be kind of like uh, fill in the blanks. So presented with a one on three, David, good Kyrie does blank. Bad Kyrie does blank. One on three where? Like in transition or is this um, like? In the half court. In the half court. So how, did this, how did this happen? How did he get into a, a one on three? I saw it last night. He, was, he had three guys on him at the rim and he tried to throw up a crazy shot. Okay. So David, David what is, what is one on three at the rim. Good Kyrie does blank. Uh, I mean, good Kyrie's obviously going to pass it out and hope that the ball goes around the perimeter to J.R. Smith for the three. Okay, and bad Kyrie does blank. Is that me? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, bad Kyrie gets trapped and throws it away or, um, you know, does some really fancy dribbling to, like, reset the play a couple times until the shot clock's winding down. And then he either forces a bad shot or, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how many options can I give? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You could get the vine. There's always the vine solution. There's always the vine. Um, so, David, okay, good Kyrie is about to be screened on defense. He does – or no, this is for Tom. Good Kyrie is about <laughs> to be screened on defense. He does blank. Um, he doesn't anticipate it. He gets no, screened. This is good Kyrie. This oh, good, good Kyrie. Kyrie. Um, good Kyrie will 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 still get screened and won't <laughs> go under it, but he will what do you call it? Chucking the roll man. He will he will get an arm out there to try to slow the roll man at least. Um or he'll try to catch up to the actual ball handler in the event that the ball handler is still kind of out in the periphery and hasn't quite yet gotten into the teeth. And sometimes he'll catch up, and sometimes he'll actually block the shot from behind. He's not bad at blocking shots from behind. David, bad Kyrie will. David stay. wrote a whole piece on this. <laughs> yeah. He'll stay on the guy's hip the whole time and then usually follow the guy or just stay on his hip and just let the guy get a layup. Yeah. Yeah. Or he just doesn't even get to that point, and he's just chilling on the screener. <laughs> chilling on the screener. I like that. Seeing what he's doing. Chilling on the screener. What you doing, Kyrie? I'm just chilling on the screener. <laughs> so um, so this poem I was telling you about. So some kid in sixth grade wrote a, a poem about Kobe, and it has since gone viral. <laughs> and this is called My Brother's Sixth Grade Poetry Project. That's the um, name of the poem. I, I will. The name of the poem. I, I believe it is untitled. Oh, basketball, a poem by Cole Loman. <laughs> Cole. <laughs> Cole. Not Lohman. Coles. <laughs> well, it could be. So I'm at half court. I look at the board. Two seconds left. Am I going to score? 
I look at the basket. I look at me. I pull back my arm and yell, Kobe! (laughs) 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 That is YOLO, my friends. That is a great poem. (laughs) Is that it? Is that the end? That's the poem. (laughs) That is is classic Kobe. Yeah, it is. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah. And I feel like Kyrie definitely has some of that in him. And and Kyrie fans. Kyrie are buddies, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think Kyrie Kobe's probably Kyrie's biggest influence as a player. Yeah, probably. Well, he he and I would say him and the answer. I mean, Allen Iverson. We've talked about how Kyrie's kind of gooder with Allen Iverson at times. Well, he's a much better shooter. Yeah, yeah, a much better shooter. But anyway, so I I, I enjoyed that poem. Yeah, I, I, that was I, thought I, would, I, I thought I would pass it along. Uh, and, and one of the other things that you wanted to talk about, you know, we're, we're talking about how maybe we're overreacting a little bit and all this, uh, you know, 10-game oh, win streak. Yeah, just the game-to-game the game narratives everyone's coming up with. It's like, it, it. I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that the Cavs have been a different animal in the regular or in the postseason than they were in the regular season, right? I get that. And I get that um, sometimes teams are more built for the postseason. I get that the game is different. The regular season doesn't tell us nothing about the teams, right? So when the Raptors win, you know, 56 or 57 games, you know, we didn't learn nothing about them. We, we learned that they're pretty good, actually. Um, and yet everyone now just wants to act like, oh, the Cavs road is just so, you know, it's just the East. The East is so bad and, you know. Whatever. And uh, likewise, John Sally is going on Mike and Mike predicting the Cavs were going to go. He actually said 15-0 and because he forgot that the first round of the seven-game series now. That's just ridiculous. Like, really? Undefeated? Like, you've already forgotten what the Warriors have done for the past couple seasons? Um, so just it'll be interesting to see now what the game, you know, obviously it's the weekend, so I don't get to listen to Sports Talk Radio all morning, but it'll be interesting going into work tomorrow, what everyone's going to have to say about all this. Um, and then now that OKC, you know, I mean, I, I really do not put that much stock into the disparity of the OKC game. I put stock into no, the fact I, that I don't they won, that. but I felt like the Warriors kind of gave up. Well, and and we've all seen it. I mean, we saw it when the Spurs beat the uh, the Thunder. It, it just kind of snowballs, and yeah. it's not your night. Well, there was a there was a whole sequence where the team stopped expecting that Steve Kerr was going to call a timeout after I don't know what it was a waiter's reverse layup or something that got the crowd all fired up, and he didn't. He just like eh, <laughs> like ah, I don't got time. I don't got time for this. Yeah, so I, I, I don't put that much stock in it either. But also, the the game-to-game stuff, the the hyperbole. Yeah. And, and well, it's just like after every new game, it's like we, again, like want to completely ignore all the data from the regular season and base it on just whatever happened in that game. Um, right. Well, and, and let's not forget, weren't the Raptors 2-1 and one against the Cavs this year? They were, yeah. So it's not like there wasn't a precedent for the Raptors beating the Cavs this year. 
Right. And, no, I, and they're, we, they're a good we have team. talked about, Kyle Lowry's a tough matchup for the Cavs because yeah. Kyrie's not the greatest defensive center or defensive point guard. Yep. And they have a good backup point guard, so that occupies a lot of, of Delhi's time. And and Lowry is a very strong player who plays very good defense. And when he's playing well, the Raptors are playing well. And he had a good game last night. Yeah, he did. So he's a tough. He's a tough guy. I mean, you know, when he's and he's even when he's slumping, he's not going to be in that slump. I mean, I question his shot selection a lot in game one and two because he didn't have it going, and he just kind of kept firing him up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, although that was Kyrie last night. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I feel like everybody, their stock and trade now has to be, I'm going to be more hyperbolic than the the other guy. Like, everything is the greatest or worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you've got or, Steve Naismith. You know, now we're going to hear, like, have the Raptors figured it out? And it's, <laughs> no, I mean, I think... The Raptors played a lot worse in Game 1 and 2 than they're capable of, and I think the Cavs played a lot worse in Game 3 than they're capable of. I think if both teams play their best game, the Cavs are a better team. Right. You know, and I think if someone, I don't know, maybe it was someone said it on our Instacap or something, like the Cavs aren't good enough to beat the Raptors, or the, the Raptors are good enough that they can beat the Cavs, like, C- game you know c minus game and that's true so i think it takes i take some pressure off them they can kind of they can watch some tape focus on some scouting matchups and uh figure out how to get better yeah and they don't have to go through customs again yeah right right. so um the other thing so have you seen any just crazy like narratives from game to game david not really. I mean, it's the same. It's the same old thing. It's they just, just gotta, all the same noise. Yeah, you got to have the take. So, I mean, <laughs> it's all about the clicks. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, what, I, I mean, mean, what really came on strong was how like together the Cavs were, right? Right. And like the, all the pay, all the yeah, all this stuff came out about how there was a civil war basically, and everyone hated everyone. And then Lou came in and like now, you know, he single handedly got everyone. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, we saw signs that, you know, LeBron stopped being kind of an idiot as a leader and and started, you know, maybe. And we heard about some meeting that was had between apparently Lou and maybe Griffin and LeBron about him needing to maybe quit it with the tweets and all that crap. And okay, so that's like one thing. Other than that, I I don't remember at the end of the season feeling particularly good about how together the Cavs were. Yeah, I just think they started. Story they started winning. David, you want to repeat that? Yeah, Lou apparently cussed LeBron out in a timeout, and that's like, I. It's just like at this point in the season, everything becomes like a singular event. Used to make right. your like used yeah. to make your point, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Like if LeBron high five like Dwayne Wade or Kyle Lowry, even like sometime in the middle of the season, like that somehow can link to the game tonight and make a full story. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, that's like that story that was on ESPN uh, of like uh, LeBron and Dwayne Wade are really good friends, and everyone in the NBA hates it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No one cares. It's- 
It's so dumb. It's like not having like not having all the games to dilute the stupid stories makes all the stupidness combined yeah. into one story. And everyone like all the writers are, you know, it's like the time of year, you know, so they're all yeah, they're all they, just got really to the yeah. They're going full tilt. I mean, they're, yeah, it, although I will say the one thing this is their was, off season too. That was great. <laughs> or their post season article was the fact that they got to pull the banana boat picture out of the archives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It yeah, it just gets ridiculous, and it's just like there's no respect for like a workmanlike attitude of, well, we're going to go to work, we're going to play the game, and then we're going to go home, and then we're going to play the next game. Like, yeah. that's too boring for people. Right. Or or just the fact that you can have some randomness from game to game, you know? Right. Right. I mean, not everything has to have this deep and uh, right. overarching meaning over the entire series. Right. right. I mean, sometimes you win... Because a guy, it is. It's a make or miss league. And sometimes you win because a shot goes in, and sometimes you lose because it didn't go in. Right. And, and sometimes it's you know it's more complicated than that. But that's the the seed, right? That that bore your eventual fruit tree. Yeah. Is that you didn't hit some shots when you could have, and it kind of just messes a lot of other things up. And the Cavs are that kind of team. I feel like that um, you know they. They are a team that, man, they can really get going um, when they start hitting those three-pointers and everything just opens up for them. And consequently, when their shots aren't falling, maybe they, at this point, don't really know how to adapt yet. And that's the kind of thing we're losing this game to the Raptors. And maybe they'll win the next game, you know, 92 to 86 or something. I think that's good to learn how to win where you're not, you know, taking a million threes and making a million threes. It's a different. It's a different style, you know. Absolutely, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Bull Durham. Kind of one of my favorite movies. I put it at the beginning of a recap the other night, but it's just like it's a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you get rained out. You know, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's not that complicated. Some I think, and I know we as much as anyone are guilty of overcomplicating everything about basketball. Yeah. And in a little lot of ways, when you think about it, basketball is kind of a very silly game. Like you bounce this ball up and down the court and there's like really complicated rules for the way you bounce the ball <laughs> and the way that you are allowed to move your feet when you're not bouncing the ball and like where you can shoot and who you can pass to and where you can be at different points on the floor for longer than so many seconds, like illegal defense. Like it just seems like soccer seems like a much more pure game, like a lot simpler game, but it has ridiculous rules too. It's like the longer these games go and kind of the more they develop their own subculture, they get these more ridiculous rules, but it's all a very kind of silly and abstract uh, game to begin with. And, you know, maybe we should just enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that sounds great, Nate. Let's enjoy it. <laughs> that was a very, uh, that was a very, uh, I don't know, Dadaist round, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. So what are you thinking, Tom? What are your thoughts? Um, I just think, 
if their Cavs are going to have a really terrible game, I'd rather be when they're up 2-0 to the Raptors. And, Absolutely. You know, hopefully they can figure it out. What about you, David? You got any uh, thoughts that you need to get out of your head? Uh, if the Cavs score more than the Raptors the next game, they're going to win. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no, I see, I think that there's the Cavs are going to end up pulling out the series, and I'm not really worried about next game. It's just a matter of them, like, focusing and just staying on task, basically. Cause, and they need – they really do. I, I'm with – I think you said it, but to, the next game kind of is a must-win game because they need to stay on task, and it's like practice for when they do eventually make the finals. Mm-hmm. It's just maintaining that focus the whole time. And they've done they've done really well about doing that this whole the whole postseason so far. So let's yeah, hope they and just I hope, get back on track. You know, Delhi's ankle gets a little better. I hope that Lou is a, a, goes back and looked at some of the things that work better in the regular season and kind of go back to some of their staples from earlier. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, and in another thing I wanted to ask you, so uh, good Kyrie is about to um, is it just got a bad call from a ref? What does he do, Tom? Uh, he sulks. <laughs> no, good Kyrie. Oh, good Kyrie gets a gets a what call? Like a he bad gets call. He he doesn't get a foul call. Um, you know he. Goes over, talks to the ref, just says, "Oh, you know, you missed that one, but it's cool." And he kind of pats <laughs> pats the ref on the butt, and you know, he kind of makes that face like, "I can't win them all." And then he gets focused, and on the next play, he steps into a three from you know way behind the line and drills it. Okay, and David, what does uh, Bad Kyrie do? Well, Bad Kyrie would be on the floor probably, <laughs> and then and then he gets up, he kind of like. Yells at the ref, like tries to get him to slow down, so the ref doesn't beat him down for it and make him look bad. <laughs> but then, like that, like doesn't usually work. So then Kyrie will like kind of go up a little bit, like a little slow, and then his guy gets the ball and goes to the hoop, and then Kyrie throws his arms in the air and he's like, "Well, why wasn't anyone covering for me? I'm not your guy, you know." And then Kyrie kind of wanders over to whoever was sort of open at the three line. He's like, "I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. I got your guy." Yeah. <laughs> That is that is classic bad Kyrie. So that, that, that was good, David. Uh, any any parting shots, Tom? Uh, parting shots. Any, oh, my cookie dough came. What? <laughs> my cookie dough came. Remember the, the cookie, cookie dough, dough that we were worried was a scam? I actually got it. How are the have you made cookies? We have not yet. We will. Uh, we will. And did you get another quote for gutters? I got a call from the Gutterbot 3000 people. Uh, remember how the last story ended where she told me in a in a fit of rage to not to not call because I, you know, I wouldn't be able to get a price for another year because I turned her down on the spot or some nonsense. Well, they called me back and told me, "Oh, our prices have dropped. We could we could get you that deal now for I don't know, 3000 or something." <laughs> Um, but well, did you get the gutters or not? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, so I told you about my crazy window quote, right? Yes, so, yes. Uh, I got my buddy, the contractor, came over, <laughs> and 
you know, he measured everything. He did did all that. And his quote comes back for fifty bucks less than the other guys. I was like, damn it, maybe I should have, maybe I should have rolled with that. Maybe it wasn't as bad of a deal as I thought. Oh, I think it you never, was. you never go on the spot like that. Yeah, absolutely. So. What about you, David? Any uh, anything you want to pitch? Any parting shots? Uh, no. Well, I'm going to be in Ohio for the finals. I think like oh. June tenth. I'm heading up, so hopefully we can do a watch party or something. A watch party, or uh, I, I've I've been saving my money for a finals ticket, so hopefully I can hopefully I can get one. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah, to do that. Cool. Well. Uh, well, maybe we will. Uh, maybe we'll have a watch party or something. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Uh, any any good beers you've been drinking lately? Ah, uh, no, I'm just back on the staples. I've been drinking a little bit of Torpedo again this year in Nevada, and then uh, there's like Pernicious. I think it's called Pernicious. It's like Wicked Weeds IPA. Okay, uh, but I've been drinking that a lot. Yeah, I've been uh, drinking. So I got to go to one of the great Cleveland institutions yesterday. And if you haven't had a chance to go, Sokolowski's College Inn, or University Inn. That place is amazing. Is, like, the just most ultimate Cleveland place. So you go in, and first of all, you order all your food in a line, almost like a cafeteria. But it's all just, like, this ridiculously good Polish food. Like, I had uh, chicken paprikash. Somebody else got Swiss steak. Um, But what they're known for is their pierogies, which are, like, kind of an underwhelming... It's almost like a ravioli with uh, mashed potatoes in the middle of it. But... Wait, what? what, That's what a pierogi is, right? Did you have a pierogi? No. The sauerkraut ones. I've had sauerkraut. In the pierogi? Yes. See, I haven't had it in the pierogi. I've had it on the pierogi or with the pierogi. So you, you've gotten the sauerkraut inside the pierogi. Yeah. Okay, see, I've never had that. But anyway, you know, you get them frozen. They're not that great. There they are, like, phenomenal. First of all, like, the mashed potatoes they use have just, like, the perfect combination of salt and butter and a little bit of garlic. And then the pastas that they use for the pierogies really good. Then they cook them in, and they brown them in butter. And, like, you get this butter sauce and, and pierogi. And it's just, like, amazing because you have this, that, like, brown butter taste to it. It, it. it was unbelievable how good it was. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, so, and the cool thing is, is they've got, like, all this Cleveland memorabilia on the wall. Uh, I mean, every single square inch is probably some celebrity picture they got an entire wall like shelf filled with different cleveland sports bobbleheads uh when you come in they've got like a full bar at the beginning you know i had this huge picture i tweet i emailed you guys it was like mike fratello wrote a paragraph to him about how good sokolowski's is so definitely if you're in cleveland check out sokolowski's uh, they've got pretty good Polish and uh, Cleveland and American beer. I got an Amagong Rare Voss when I was there, which was very good. So, uh, yeah, there's in Kyrie or uh, Cleveland's becoming one of the best food towns in America right now. I yeah. think they're considered a, it's top a lot of good food. A lot of good food in, Amer- in Cleveland. Yeah, I love the I love the Cleveland Renaissance. So, 
Uh, oh, and then the other thing. So, like, we went out. NASA Glenn had an open house this weekend, and I believe that they did not prepare for the onslaught of people that came when you use the words free tour. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> it's like were, the zoo on Mondays, right? Huh? The yeah, zoo yeah. on Mondays? Yeah, but this was like combine that with a, with it being NASA and the fact they've never had an open house before. So sit in traffic for 40 minutes once you get off the highway and then sit in a line for over a half hour to get on a bus to go over from the IX Center to where NASA Glen is and then they have the whole thing there. There were so many people there. There was no way they could have anticipated they were going to get that many people. So we bailed on that and just went to the science center and had an awesome time. So I like th- thank you, Cleveland, for uh, an awesome weekend. So I appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my weekend, um, and I think that's about it, right, guys? That's about it. Yeah. Any any uh, anything else to say besides go Cavs? Uh. Let's see. Wait, uh, so I have a question for you guys. Who would you rather <laughs> face in the finals? Oh, okay. See, like, uh, what, what, what would be the argument against? Uh, what would be the argument for facing the Warriors? I'm just curious. Well, well the think, argument think, for facing OKC for facing OKC is, or against facing OKC, do you really want to play the team that beat the Warriors? Well, no, the argument is that Westbrook can be better than Kyrie and Kevin Durant can be better than LeBron. Mm, I don't think and, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin I mean, he can. can. Be better than TT and Ibaka can be better I, than Love. And the only real minus is Roberson. Yeah, like the the Thunder have a chance. Every player on the Thunder could be better than the cast player. I guess what? That's, <laughs> I guess that's kind of true, though, of the Warriors, aside from no one on there is better. Yeah. I, I, I think the Warriors are a much better team than the Thunder. I think Curry's a little gimpy, and the Warriors role players are playing, or the Thunder role players are playing a lot better than they ever have. Roberson bricked, like, a ton of shots, though. Okay, uh, but I, I have not seen Waiters play this well, like, ever in his career. I, I just yeah. think he's playing a little above his head right now. And I think, I, I think Golden State... Um, you know, is been struggling a little bit. You think the the pressure and the grind of the season finally caught up with them? I or think, do you think uh, they hit that seventy three and they relaxed. I think they finally found a team that can play them straight up. I think I think that the Thunder present an interesting matchup problem for the Warriors, and that's because that they can they can switch everything. Yeah. So, oh, I got a question, Tom. Did you lose your bet tonight? Oh, was this the? Did you did you no, lose your bet? Like, no, they've, they've not lost more. four. Yeah, you can lose one. That that's it. And they, you can't lose again. Right. So that the Thunder's got or the Warriors got to roll the table, or Tom's yeah. paying for lunch. Yep, that's true. I will gladly pay for that lunch. My God. <laughs> well, I I I think you need to have that. Uh, that guy on on a podcast if if you if you, got you know i've had him on a podcast before well, a long time podcast. ago yeah and I, and I remember that podcast it was very good yeah so david anything else uh no that's it <laughs> okay well as always go calves go calves david 
I said go Cavs. Oh, okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers.